0: Hey everyone, quick note before we start this episode. As I'm sure you know, I'm way behind on getting shows out. This is going to be an action packed back half of the week here on the Space Spinner feed. This episode will be out on Wednesday. Then on Thursday, it'll be the 1993 Spinnies. And on Friday, the 93 Meggies. It's going to be great. And then be able to speed ahead next week on Monday on Standard Time's into the murky waters of 1994. My goal is to leave all these delays and gaps in episodes here in 1993 back to non-stop releases going forward. And I just want to really thank you for your patience also because this episode is pretty short i'm gonna leave in a conversation that fox and i had after we finished talking about the thrills which is basically just a series of no good very bad events that happened to fox over a terrible weekend recently I think it's pretty funny, but if all you care about is 2000 AD and 2000 AD related content, I promise you, you can happily skip the rest of the episode once we finish up Vendetta on Gotham. Also, one last thing on sort of a somber note. Um, It's been way too long from when it actually happened, but all of us here at Space Spinner and Big Meg One want to express our sadness at the passing of Alan Grant an amazing talent behind so many of the stories that we love so much in these comics. Um, I was involved in a conversation about Grant and his work on the Where Eagles Dare podcast, and I'd really recommend checking that out just to hear some fans talk about you know the the loss that we've all experienced and celebrating his uh, Alan Grant's life and work, which which touched all of us so so deeply. And how he he inspired fans to to this day with this amazing amazing content. Anyway, enough of my maudlin reflection. Let's get to the thrills. Cradleline Network. dog Let's My name is Conrad. Like I'm your friend Fox. It's the 285th episode of Space Spinner 2000, a podcast for two Americans to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic 2000 AD, one month of progress at a time. And this episode, we're taking a break from our usual progs to talk about some extra content from towards the end of 1993. We got a Pair of poster progs and the second Batman Dread crossover vendetta on Gotham.
1: Yeah, pretty good.
0: Yeah, something in the way of these comics, Fox making these modern <laughs> Batman references. <laughs> I don't think this will be a three-hour-long podcast, though. Beauty along with us from the no. comics we're covering today. It Judge Dread the Restricted Files thirteen and the Batman Dread De- Batman Dread Digest. Oh. Ooh, I think it only just for, collects just for when
1: you when you're having a little bit of snacks. You know, that's when you read a digest.
0: Exactly, digestive comic for sure. Got chocolate, chocolate covering some for some reason. <laughs> but let's get things started, Fox, with Thrill One Judge Red Poster Prague. Uh yeah, I got a gun.
1: I got some people in an arm lock. I'm gonna shoot you. That's right.
0: Uh, script robot. Luck, not arm lock. <laughs> You know there's locks going on uh script about John Wagner <laughs> art about Greg staples letter about Tom frame poster progs Fox post them up on oh, one cool. side yeah on one side you've got a like the comic folds out and on one side you've got a poster you can put on your wall and then it can be folded up and they become pages of a comic book smart yeah I'd love I'd love to get one to get to get some of these honestly I saw a job a lot of them on eBay recently and thought about it but didn't uh, didn't bite um, maybe get them framed or something, just have some sweet 2000 AD posters. Anyway, um, these don't get a specific mention like of why they're doing them in like, Thrill Power Overload or anything, but to me, this is clearly part of an attempt of late 93 into 94 of increasing revenue for 2000 AD In since the uh, sales of the prog has been falling off a cliff, basically. Right, you're just trying to get some get some small cool stuff
1: out there it also feels like uh, especially with both of them they're like a. here's what's up with these two cool comics
0: yeah 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 they do have kind yeah both of them do have kind of a uh like a backstory-ish or, or new reader friendly feel to them I agree TldR I'm a judge I got a gun I can do whatever I want <laughs> I travel through time I'm disrespectful to Christianity that kind of stuff
1: yeah exactly.
0: Yeah, generally we'll we'll see a couple of these going into ninety-four and through ninety-five. You know, you it's basically one one uh story and then a fancy pinup for a uh one pound fifty. The two we're looking at today came out yeah, the, 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 the two we're looking at today came out in nineteen ninety-three. Um and again, yeah, more to come in the next couple of years. Also, of course, in a coming episode, I'll go a little bit more in depth into two thousand failing financial status, which will be <laughs> something to keep an eye on as we go forward oh no so this poster promises stunning gunning and incoming though the scan we have doesn't include any purported dread movie news Although i think we actually know most of it at this point like sylvester stallone's been attached danny cannon's directing and stuff we'll get more of course filming starts in 94 so i'll have more information then right taco bell or pizza hut depending That's Demolition Man, not Judge Dredd. (laughs) But also, yes, certainly part of this early 90s period where Sylvester Stallone wanted to be some kind of future cop for some reason and took several projects to bring that to life. Um, Yeah. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so we start with a very nice cover by Greg Staples. I like it a lot. Dredd pointing his gun as he headlocks a dude with a barcode in his forehead I'm a big fan of his giant uh, belt buckle slash codpiece here at Fox. It's not oh, yeah. how big it is. I mean, it protects your junk while also keeping your bags on your belt. Always got to hold on to them bags. In the story itself, Dredd inf- introduces himself. He's a hard man, but a fair man, but mainly a hard man. And,
1: he- <laughs> and he, the emphasis, he really, it's bold when he brings it up, like, the second time, a hard man. And I'm like, it's talking to children. It's just a, yeah, it's yeah. weird.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he threatens the audience with his gun and tells them to keep their nose clean, ask if there's any questions. And yes, says a little girl in this audience of grade schoolers. And this is one of my favorite uh dread interactions, actually. Because she asks oh, yeah. if he's ever killed anyone, and he says, yes, over half a billion, you know, if he <laughs> counts the apocalypse war and stuff like that, like any other subsequent kills the rounding air after you press that button, you know? Yep. yeah. He, ref- he refers a kid with a rat tail to a psych of examination as the as one of the teachers says that dread might have been a bad choice for school liaison. Man, you don't say that shit out loud. Seriously. After a kid Posits that there's so few judges, it's actually pretty easy to get away with crimes in Mega City 1. Dred does Oof. some impromptu questioning of a simp kid named Billy. He's got like clown makeup and stuff. Yeah. And he basically browbeats him into informing on his great-grandfather for smoking <laughs> and selling tobacco without a license. Oof. Outside of a smokatorium. Dread reports us into control, and soon judges are descending on the Gumma Street Eldsters and Fogies Club, and his granddad is being taken <laughs> away in chains. I like that they're all in bathroom stalls just smoking up. Absolutely. A good time's had by all as Dread leaves to go up to, to do other duties, leaving behind a school full of crying children, which I think is pretty great. <laughs> just some fun stuff here after that. We get the, the poster itself, number one, with a bullet... Full-body dread picture showing off the Lawgiver. Great big shoulder eagles and belt buckles, as mentioned before. Seven links on the chain. That's a good amount. The background has some cool city block domes and flocks of birds coming off of them. And then sort of towards the bottom, some spooky mega citizens, backlit and standing in a misty foreground. Which also luckily means that Staples doesn't have to draw Dred's feet, which is always a challenge for a comics artist. (laughs) Feet and hands, man. They're tough. Well, yeah, good times, poster prog action, just kind of a fun story introducing you to Judge Dredd and then big old Greg Staples Dread for your wall and stuff like that. It's gorgeous. Let's, yeah, let's keep poster progging away with uh, thrill to Slade poster prog. Ah, uh, Ucko's so gross. He's a gross. Uh, always. Scripture about Pat Mills, art about Dermot Power, letting her about Tom Frame. So this story takes place after the events of Demon Killer, which is currently on hiatus. So don't worry about it. You know, Slane survives. Big shock. Um, he's wow. teleported back to the to ancient Ireland, Eru, and has arrived at the Mound of Tara in County Meath, not too far from Dublin. Slane's stoked to go and meet all of his buddies and, of course, his wife, Neve. But where is his hall and forts and people? You know, where is my beautiful wife? How did I get here? That kind of stuff. (laughs) This is not my beautiful wife. It's all just weeds and nettles when suddenly a monk, complete with big gold cross and tonsure haircut, rides up on a horse. Slain. Slain's been dead for thousands of years. Yeah, and I totally know about it. We're all Catholic and shit now, B. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> got golden crucifixes <laughs> yeah. tank ass yeah. robes yeah i mean uh the monk says the legend of slain thought to be buried there in tara is still known end of neve and the sky chariots and stuff though no legends of Utko the dwarf and i guess that makes sense if you think that slain's very much standing in for irish folk hero Chulainn, who is sort of this long-term irish you know dude people know the monk mentions the story of Slain fighting Slough Gronsgul, who animated his the snakes on his neck torques, what was slain in turn, of fighting slithru- scythe rules and blue who ail women. The monk doubts slain act, Slain's identity, but the war- <laughs> warrior proves it by doing his classic trick of lifting the monk's horse up into his air with just his thigh muscles. Which, I mean, you know... If you want to show off a power move, it's lifting a horse with your legs. Absolutely, thigh masters for days. I wanna, I wanna fight Slough Feg, but I'm dummy thick and my thighs keep slapping together. Fox. <laughs> the monk believes slain, but begs him to renounce the Earth Goddess and join Christianity, or be doomed to hail.
1: Ah, oh, he double hockey sticks. I don't oh, even know no. about
0: it. Yeah. Ucko converts immediately, of course, eyeing the priest's golden cross. Slain has some objections to Christianity based on abuses he has definitely not actually seen, but yeah. are in fact actual, um, you know, criticisms of the, of the medieval Catholic Church, you know, indulgences, hypocrisy, etc. Mm. Um uh, you know again got some criticisms and they're the criticisms of, of any religion i would say that is favored by the rich to keep the poor down which is most of them fox oh hot takes by conrad bam, 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 bam. Let's go to my dorm room and hang out i got a poster <laughs> the monk damn slain forever but slain isn't worried he and ukko return to the mound to be sent elsewhere for more pagan-based slaughter it seems Slain has also read the works of Thomas Wolfe because he's learned he can't go home again. All right. And of course, we got to assume that each leap in the service of the Earth Goddess could be the leap home. Oh my God, it is sliders. do 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 That's quantum leap, buddy. I know, but I always like a sliders reference. Sliders too. No, no, you're right. Absolutely. Had some wine, folks. The prog with the very cool picture of Slain Warrior Beyond Time by Dermot Power in a Slain series index with credits and info for all the previous Slain stories as well, they've, as, well, as, well as where they've been reprinted. And the poster itself is by Dermot Power, Slain in a red cloak leaping awesome. into battle. Yeah, open mouth with a big axe in one hand and a sword in, a, and a sword in another. With images of goddesses and droons at the bottom of the page. And I think maybe a, a ghostly Neve and Cain walking off into the sunset. That's their kid. But yeah, good times. Poster Prague. Yeah, like, awesome. Like maybe, there was, we, we talked about a Dan Dare poster Prague way back in the day, like in 77 oh. or something like that. I but
1: vaguely remember that as something it was, that could have happened.
0: I, th- I believe we talked about it at the same time as when we talked about the first AD annual or something like that. Oh my God! Many years ago, Fox in the before times, but um, long, long ago. Um, but we'll get maybe I think like seven more of these. I want to say a couple, a bunch more, just a you know a couple more dreads, and then ones for just various A D guys. I'm pretty sure there's Astronium Dogs one, like the Gronk and a Rogue Trooper one, and stuff like that. We'll see. Okay. Neat. Yeah. Good times. And speaking of exciting adventures with friends, Fox.
1: (laughs) Time friends, or I guess like... uh, Yeah, reality friends. friends. Reality friends.
0: You know, the big... Apparently, listen, I've seen Doctor Strange this year. I've seen uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I've seen several other movies. I was recently on an episode of uh, the Mega City Book Club where Eamon and I talked about uh, this year's superhero films and stuff. Very fun. And continuing with both um, Batman and uh, multiverses, let's talk about our final big old thrill, Thrill 3,
1: Vendetta in Gotham.
0: Oh, yeah. Love this opening like shot, dude. It's good. Absolutely, yeah. So, script robot John Wagner, Alan Grant, art robot Cam Kennedy with cover by Mike McNola. color robot, digital chameleon, lettering robot Ken Bruzenak. We start with this Magnolia cover, which I think we might have talked about in our first Batman episode story as well. It's with this mm-hmm. shadowy Batman leaping at dread as fires rage around them and the statue of justice in the background behind them. So great, so evocative, <clears throat> totally. So we we mentioned. So I, so I mentioned for the first story, Judgment on Gotham, that there was a moratorium put in place on Batman crossovers after the release of Batman Returns in 1992. That's why it was such a rush to get. The first one out right at the end of '91, but now we're back at it. Uh, there was a planned crossover with Batman with slain artist Glenn Fabry doing the art, but it is apparently way behind schedule. I mean, we literally won't actually see that completed work until 1998. So, goddamn, Cam Kennedy's here to step in and um, provide some interim Batman action um, five years from now. Seriously, yeah, in, my, in, in the point where I haven't read stuff yet, you know? Um Ooh, the mystery zone. Absolutely. And Kennedy's working on this one, presumably in between uh, Star Wars Comics Dark Empire Part 1 and uh, 2, that sort of two six-issue uh, series. We get a few page of credits at the start of the comic, just including kayfabe breaking credits for Richard Burton as editor for 2000 AD. Boo, respect our storytelling oh, traditions. Come on, guys. And then we're into it. In the Gotham City night, Fox, some crooks think they've gotten away clean, but the goddamn Batman is dropping onto their roof. Nah, man, they stole that safe with n one hundred thousands dollars. Thousands dollars, see? Their car careened out of control, crashing into a sign for the Gotham Children's Festival event, Adventures in Fairyland. The perps are confused at first, and then Batman kicks the, uh, beats him up and ties him to their stolen safe. Hell yeah. Yeah. He heads off into the night as a motorcycle arrives at Gotham City Limits, and the writer checks their watch at 7 p.m. <laughs> Batman then Doot. returns to... Doot. Oh, good. Doot. Exactly. Doot. Yeah, we go to several panels at once as Batman goes to his mobile, and what suddenly that bike arrives and targets the car... Who the devil. Ooh. It's Judge Dredd.
1: Daga, daga, daga,
0: His lawmaster's bike cannon opens fire, blasting the wheels off the Batmobile and sending it down an embankment, crashing, turning up upside down. Which,
1: goddamn, Dredd- because <clears throat> those wheels are, are pretty impervious most Absolutely. of the time, but not to yeah.
0: future Judge bullets. No way. Dredd goes to check the wreckage. Maybe he went a little heavy on the cannon there when Batman's fist comes punching out of the windscreen. <laughs> it's a fight. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll nitpick here, Fox, to say that Dredd's knee and elbow pads are gold here instead of the correct green. They should be the same color mm. as his boots and gloves, but don't worry about it too much. Uh, Tsk, tisk. Yeah, Batman wants to know what's going on, but Dred just wants to fight. Yeah. They commence to punch in, and their fight can be seen by a passing car that belongs to Arnold Wesker, the ventriloquist, and his dummy yeah. Scarface.
1: Never. It's such a weird, I mean, it's such a weird Batman villain because I feel like the ventriloquist is so discount, but I could be wrong on that because it's not like he's that
0: common. Yeah, I don't know a ton about, I don't know how to how to rate the Batman's rogues gallery. I guess I, don't, I definitely don't know, know enough about Batman for it, you know, but he's definitely... He's, you know, he's one of the ones that, see, like, I was, I, I thought he for sure was actually a, a character that was created, like, for the animated series, actually. But no, he's one yeah, of the comics Yeah, that's
1: what stuff. I, because, I mean, maybe he was a comic book character, I guess. Yeah, he yeah, was. Yeah, I, I looked into
0: it. Yeah. Fox, who's your favorite member of Batman's rogues gallery? What's your, what are your uh, takes? Ooh,
1: ooh, 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 ooh. My dirty pick is definitely Cliff Ooh. Um... Just because water and mostly goo. Sure, water, water is something that beats your ass. It's a pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess I
0: yeah. That it'd be cliffface Do you have a favorite uh, 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 face, uh incarnation? I just goo like- form. Big goo form. Do you like the ones where he yeah. gets, like, formed into a, into a kind of a dude shape? Like, they put him into, like, a... Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: I forgot. put him into they, a mold. Do, like, the
0: person presses. Yeah, he does the mold. No, it's all the goo form,
1: man. Because that's that's when he's at his most, like, I'm going to goo you. That's think that's old. God, Fair. I forgot... I forgot the whole thing where they would just press him into like fucking different shapes of shit.
0: Yeah, no, they make him like like he's like he's a Play-Doh guy. They got a, got a factory yeah. for him, put him make him into <laughs> into like a star-shaped spaghetti or something if
1: they want to. Oh my god, can you imagine? He's just a bunch of little snakes.
0: <laughs> fucking they re uh, Richardson, your- buddy. <laughs>
1: What's your favorite uh, Batman Rugs gallery personality?
0: Oh, man, I don't know. Um, I, I I like a two-face, I guess. I appreciate yeah. the tragic nature, you know? Um, well, and, and the elaborate two-face-based schemes. I appreciate his commitment to the brand. You know, he's got to buy two suits and sew them together. That's crazy. Um, I will also you know listen and, and I'll go for Joker like that that's or, yeah, obviously the classic choice but sometimes oh, yeah I mean it's hard to go wrong with the classics you know yeah not a big
1: fan of the Riddle Riddleman but mm, they, did him, they did him pretty well in, in some other uh, like some Vigi, Vigi games
0: and things yeah and I mean I like the ba- yeah some of the some of the Arkham City um, Riddlers have been fun I like the, the version in, in the Batman I guess I thought that was pretty okay. I haven't seen the Batman. It's fine. Three hours
1: long, okay. though. You gotta
0: you, you oh, gotta plan ahead. Oh boy!
1: Oh god! It's got to be an intermission at
0: that point. Sorta, of, yeah. It's got a Colin Farrell as of the as of the Penguin. Good times. Oh
1: yeah, I remember. I remember watching a thing about him doing that.
0: Um, but, yeah. Okay. Zoe Saldana, I want to say, is Catwoman. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, good choice. Jeremy Wright as a as Gordon, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, nice. Jeremy Wright. Good castings something like that. Some guy might cut that out too. Got yeah. the name wrong.
1: <laughs> Some human. Exactly. All right. So, but anyway. who's going to play the pivotal
0: fucking ventriloquist? Seriously, <laughs> I'll do it. Whatever. um Don't worry about them, about those guys fighting. They says the ventriloquist slash Scarface. Um, they got to stick to their plans. And here's where we notice that Scarface has a distinctive speech impediment where he pronounces B's as G's. So just keep an eye out for that one as we go forward. Yeah, they have to lay in the yucks when that shit goes in. Make it clear. Um, anyway, back at the fight, Dredd explains that he and Batman have some unfinished business. And he doesn't like unfinished business or vigilantes for that matter. And Dredd explains that he's not here to make an arrest because Batman's small potatoes. Instead, we see him ditching all of his gear and weapons, including he, the boot knife. Including the boot knife because he wants to fight Batman mano a mano. No weapons and nothing. I don't need no knife. I don't need no gun. I'm just gonna kick your ass with these dukes. Let off some steam. Yeah. Batman wants to know part of it, the tough shit. This is happening. The two of them fight their way onto a playground where Batman gets or, or sorry, where Dread gets Batman in the junk with a seesaw yeah, and then he hits gazes him right into in the, the fist of death. He totally slams on that seesaw and gets him right in the bat dick and then gives him the old gaze <laughs> into the fist of dread, just the punch to the yeah, nose. But Jome. <laughs> At the James Garrison block, we see the opening of Adventure in Fairyland and under heavy guard at the request, and it's all under heavy guard at the request of a Senator Lowry, who we learn has been ducking the ventriloquists' extortion attempts. The bad guy's plan involves putting Scarface into kind of a dress kind of costume, and then one of the goons stealing a girl's dolly. That's low. And and then. He they give the girl the scarface dressed up like a baby doll to Ugh. tie her over and get close into the action or something like that All
1: of this plan
0: hinges solely on them being able to get this child to take this doll <laughs> End of the venture end of the the doll itself keeping it together when there's you know when there's danger all about which is tough for a doll. Anyway, it works, though. The ventriloquist loans the, the girl um, Scarface, and then the girl and her mother hurry into the theater. Back at the fight, at the playground, Batman's had enough. He hits Dread in the face with a swig, which I think is good environmental <laughs> fight mechanics, honestly. Yeah, man. And then jumps around the environment to confuse Dredd. Bats is starting to enjoy himself, but then Dread Dodge is a jump kick, and Batman goes flying through a wire fence right into the face of an oncoming train.
1: Which, the people who built an a, like a train track and then put above that train track a child's playground.
0: It seems <laughs> like some kid's going to jump off the swings and go through that fence also, is what I'm saying. Chain yeah, Link, exactly. come on. At the theater, some jerk kids are telling the story of Jack and the Beanstalk and the goons are getting impatient. So the ventriloquist (laughs) radios through Scarface to ask when he and the girl are going on stage. And there's still two performances to go. Come on, bud. Scarface suggests they rush the stage right away. The girl spanks the dummy. (laughs) Which will have important plot implications. Uh, Batman catches some wires and lands safely on top of the train. But apparently, according to Dredd, it's too soon. So he calls his bike and then gives chase. He jumps onto the train himself, barely landing on the back. And the two heroes meet to fight awesomely on the back of Fuck the train yeah, cars. Train
1: fight. Train Love a train fight! Love a train fight,
0: buddy. Best top five places to fight, if I'm being honest. I know, right? It's windy up here. What? <laughs> They don't seem to have that problem though, as they trade barbs with each other. That man says he doesn't fear dread the way the mega citizens do. I'm not cowed to your methods of fear, buddy. Instead, I've got my own methods of fear on the cowardly and superstitious lot of the criminals of Gotham City. So stop biting my act, is what he says. Jesus. No, not really. That's the implication. And dread boots him <laughs> right in the face. Then. This leads to a really amazing full page image of the two oh, of them yeah. fighting on the train as it goes over a bridge, over a big canal in front of a huge full moon. Great stuff here. waiting, love, just love big. by moonlight. Absolutely. And really, again, one of these things that takes real advantage of Batman's cape in terms of being very dramatic and stuff. Um, the two fights then fight silently in a three and a three by four page, like three panel by four panel page. Of them just flying through the air, trading punches and kicks and stuff. It's great. Real good stuff. Good fighting. They land on a coal car, but then the linchpin gives way and the side comes open, threatening to send Batman flying over the side. He's just holding on and is losing his grip. Looks like you no. win, Dredd. Batman. Uh, Back at the play, the girl and Scarface are playing Goldilocks, and we learn that the senator's son is playing Daddy Bear. I don't like the looks of this. Oh. The kid's trying porridges as Scarface wisecracks to the delight of the crowd and the frustration of the kid who spanks him a couple times as well. This is not good parenting. I mean, listen, they... There's some good back and forth comedy bits going on here. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. There's a lot of uh, like in the stands, um, the senator is talking to one of his aides, and the aide's like, "This is pretty funny, sir. I did, I'm surprised they use this script." And the senator's like, "I, my son scripted have any of this wisecracking? Most unusual. <laughs> I mean, most of it
1: is LOL dames. Am I right?
0: Kind of stuff, <laughs> exactly. But, you know. Or a games because we've got again the BG. Oh, yeah. Well, Dames didn't start with the B, but you know what I mean. Um Yeah, I got you. At the last minute, Dredd grabs Batman and the boat, but the both of them go end up going flying off the side. Landing in Gotham Canal. Batman wants Oof. to know what's going on, but Dredd just punches him in the face again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Time for water battle.
0: Yeah. At the play, Goldilocks is testing beds as the goons. Um go um Finally, go through with their plan to explode, or or go over their plan to explode Scarface once the senator's kid shows up. That's that'll teach him to not give in to extortion. Wow! The two heroes crawl to shore, and Dread gets one or and Batman gets one more punch in as Dread checks his watch. He says he's done fighting. I'm out of here. That's enough. And tosses a piece of paper to Batman. Tomorrow's <laughs> newspaper. Ooh, I'm a noose. At the play, the Bear family has arrived home and it's time to hit the button. Meanwhile, Batman checks the paper at 7:45 right now. He died trying to save the kids, but got yeah. caught in that explosion. Oh my God. Apparently, this newspaper is in the uh of personal effects of a dead of a deceased judge Wells, who may have used a combination of Dimension Hopper and Time Machine to visit a future Gotham, I guess. <laughs> Dread is not in Batman's future. I can't stress it enough. They're on different realities, different timelines. So you can yeah, do a, a yeah. bunch of jumping to uh see a future Gotham headline from Mega City One. Um, anyway, Dread went back to keep this from occurring so that Batman didn't die trying to save those kids. And he couldn't have just told Batman that was gonna happen because obviously Batman would never just let some kids die on purpose. I mean, yeah. Dread's more okay with it. Um and indeed it seems like Dr- Batman won't have to just let those kids die because the theater's only two blocks away and there might still be time to save them. He hits his grappling hook and Dread tells him not to be crazy. Luckily, as Batman you know jumps away, his law masters arrived and Dread hops aboard, and goes on hot pursuit. And I'd like to mention here that you know it's hard not to notice just that Cam Kennedy does draw Dread with kind of a weird butt as we move through these uh, these action <laughs> scenes.
1: It's like square a
0: skirt. Yeah. I will say also presumably as Dredd is making this right, he's also furiously putting his gear back on and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At the theater, it seems that the spanking has caused some frequency trouble with Scarface's bomb. It won't go off. Scarface then tries to threaten everybody, but his speech impediment makes this very difficult. Listen up, all yous. I's got a gum wired to, wired to go. Because the G's for B's. You see what I'm talking about. Yeah,
1: I know. A gum, you dummies. A gum that goes goom.
0: <sighs> you know, gang goom. We like the gums. The goms that go goof. <laughs> <Fucking>. <laughs> Electronica hits Fox. Dredge on the w- Anyway, Dredge on the way, too. Worried that a timeline will reassert itself if he doesn't do something. In the theater, the senator finally recognizes Scarface. Hey, that's Scarface. The ventriloquist. As Batman, of course, comes crashing through the window. Outside, Dread also recognizes the ventriloquist and goes to work. (laughs) Batman approaches the girl and asks for the doll as Dread shoots the bomb remote out of the ventriloquist's hand. Awesome. Bats does that classic bomb thing of tossing Scarface high into the sky as a goon snags the remote and hits the button, causing the Scarface to blow Sky High safely out of range. The day is saved! and Dread busts these perps. (laughs) The parents get their kids as Batman goes to meet Dread, and the goons are taken in by the local cops. Batman explains that Dread's on their side, and they check the headline and see that it's changed back to the future style to the day being saved and the ventriloquist being arrested. Batman has one last question for Dread, though. Like... Why would you want to keep me from being killed? You hate me a lot. Like, you you know, you yeah. decide to save me by punching me in the face, you know? It's a real thank you, by the way. <laughs> Jed says that, listen, he wouldn't have saved Batman. Screw you, vigilante. But someone inside Division said that they'd need Batman one day because there's a big disaster coming. And he and Batman will end up being in the thick of it to save the day Ooh. for it. So hold tight. They'll meet again. Dread Warp's home is Dread, as Batman says, he'll be waiting with bated breath and then returns to the skyline of Gotham. The end. Cool. And uh, stay tuned for Judgment on Gotham 3, Die Laughing, which says it'll be out next year, but like I said, it won't be out till 1998. Man, that's so crazy. That's fucking insanity. Totally. I There will be another Batman adventure before then, though, in 1995, so stay tuned for that one.
1: That's... That was that was lovely, that was yeah. Lovely and, jaunt. And
0: there we go. Just a quick, you know, fun little adventure. I mean, the whole back, the whole story is basically just one big running fight, and then some crime fighting at the end. But I think that's fun, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a I, it was a very like action packed story. I loved it. The A B plot, I mean, being the same plot basically, but you know, I like that they come they came back together. It all it all fit nicely.
0: Yeah, definitely. Just a lot of. Uh, Batman punching, you know, you know, Batman and Dread punching each other in scenic situations. Like we said, love a good fight on the train. Of course, that's always good. Oh, man, and just
1: that's my that's the top part of this whole thing with and fight.
0: Totally, yeah. And so, but that I guess takes us to the end of this episode. You know, sort of obviously. I mean the the Batman st- the the Batman comics like fifty pages, which is maybe a quarter of of our, of our current. Oh yeah. Um, reading it's it's more like a big prog than anything else so even with the, mm. the poster product, it's not a ton of stuff i guess i don't really want if i want to say one no, i wouldn't want what to the do. thrills are just because it's hard to part them out here well i wouldn't i wouldn't put
1: anything on the bottom you'd have to fight me
0: yeah no i mean i think the bat, but both dread stories were fun and the slain story was fun as well yeah um, Yeah. Oh, and I'll definitely say, you know, the Batman, the Dread Batman Digest has the first Batman story by Simon Bisley. And then this one as well. And it's definitely worth a look like these are fun. Yeah, again, like little gems. Yeah, just a little thing and a chance just to see Dread with some with a more with, with another familiar character and just how they sort of, you know, how they cross over and stuff and just sort of have some fights, which is fun. I agree. Yeah, good times. Live it up. <laughs> and with that, there's nothing more to say than I hope you enjoyed this show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitch, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or our podcast site, spacespinner2000.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com The 2,080 forums or our Facebook and Twitter pages on Twitter. We're at Space Spinner 2K. If anything else, look up Space Spinner 2000, and we should be there. And drop us a rating or review wherever it is you're listening. It helps us out. Show is brought to you by Steve Green, Robert Hardingham, and your friends, the Two Thousand Eighty Forums. If you'd like to join them and help support the show, we'd appreciate it. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com/slashcradeline. That's our podcast network, and there you can support the show and get advanced episodes. And then come back next time as the nineteen ninety three award seasons begin.
1: Oh yes,
0: we're special suits.
1: Yeah, suit suits because it's ninety three.
0: That's right, yeah. This uh, swing revival on the horizon, certainly. Our stunning sapphire tuxedos, as well as the ruby mm-hmm. red tuxedos a Big Meg One, as we <laughs> talk about our favorite thrills from the past year. And we want to hear from you as well. So please send in your nominations for both 2000 AD and the Judge Dredd magazine on the following categories. We want to hear what you think for 1993, the best art, writing, overall thrill, favorite month or episode that we did of the year and the MVP of 1993. And again, would love to get those for both uh, the Progs and the Meg. You know, why not? Yeah. Think about it. It will be fun. And we'll get, we'll figure out ours as well and just sort of, you know, talk about it. Talk about it, as I like to say. Gotta go spelunking in the mind minds. Oh, man. I mean, 1990... We spent a lot of time on 1993, mostly due to my own laziness, Fox. So oh, and, I and mine. Got to spend some time bringing these, you know, refreshing ourselves on these stories, so we can judge them appropriately, lest we be judged. And until then, I'm Conradie Fox, and we are Space Spinner 2000 Splendid.
1: So um so I took time off work, right? Because Regina and I right. wanted to have one last um kind of go to Germany trip um before I renewed my passport, right? Because it's up in July at the end of July. Right. And so um oh uh one second. There we go. Sorry, my my headphones are about to auto shut down for some reason. So um oh, no. so here I go, right? So uh I get I get all the tickets booked uh from Stansted to Berlin uh through Ryanair cuz it's it's just a nice cheap direct flight. Um oh, Absolutely. Buy buy the tickets, get our buy the checked bags that we're going to have, check into the thing, right? So this is where you you're putting all of your information and, and so I um we're all checked in and then day of, you know, we're waking up at like 2, maybe yeah, about 2, 2:30 in the morning cuz we have an early cab ride. We're like, "Hey, it's summer. We we you know, there's probably going to be a lot of people." So we sure. uh, we arrive there I want to say a bit before four o'clock with our cab. And um, it's a fucking nightmare. Like the whole place is just chock full of fucking people. And specifically for the Ryan airline, they had some cords where people would walk around, but you can't even see those because there's like a mass of like hundreds of people standing in front of it. And like no one organizing the line or anything like that. And I'm like, oh my God. So I make double certain looking at the board where we have to go. And, you know, Reg and I, finally, we, we get into this, um, we get into the, uh, into the crowd and just, you know, you kind of have to muscle your way through and like whatever, because everyone's just trying to condense in this one area and we get separated. You know, my wife gets a little bit ahead of me, which she keeps like saying, Oh, well I'll wait. And I'm like, no, just keep walking because I'll just be able to cut in line at some point when we pass each other, you know? Right. Um, so that takes us roughly an hour to get to just the check-in piece, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's not unusual. I have to get my my ticket printed there. And so I give I give them all of our stuff. Reg, like apparently her ticket is just fine, whereas, whereas mine has to get printed, right? So we check our bags. I get my ticket. And uh, we head to the security line, which by the time we're mm-hmm. out of the line for um, uh, Ryanair, the whole place is thinned out. Like, it's it's much less people. So oh, that weird. means that uh, all of the people who were there are now in the fucking security line. Oh, right? now
0: they're all... Oh, of course. <laughs> so, uh,
1: the, so we get to the security line, and surprise, surprise, even though there's signs and plastic bags fucking everywhere saying, hey, guys, you're going to have all of these loose goos and balms and shampoos. They need to be in a Ziploc bag. They need to be in a Ziploc bag. And um, I swear to Christ... The thing that held up that line the most was people needing to like they they open because anytime you bring in a, a bag that, or a suitcase that you're bringing on board to stow in the overhead compartment, yeah, they want you to open up
0: and show them if you have any goos and things like that. Oh man, and like a, a even so if many... they don't scan it on the metal detector or anything, you got to open up your bag and show. Yeah, no, they're everybody. like, listen, that's, show that's us your goo.
1: Well, so and and this is the thing is we only had the checked
0: bags, right? So we were
1: I just had a backpack and she just had a purse because. Like as much as I know that cabin bags can be expensive, like that, this is the one bag that always trips up like everybody, like they always get scanned or some shit happens. Now, mind you, it's not always before the pandemic, it was was slightly easier. But but because we just travel in a pair, we usually just have some checked bags because we bring gifts and we want some extra. Oh, yeah. So um, so this it takes us roughly, you know, an hour to get through this fucking security line. And as we as we go up there, right, we we get in fine. And then I uh, you get past the metal detectors and there's a shitload of people waiting. I'm like, oh, well, what the fuck's going on now? And you can see like all of the stuff being scanned. It goes into one of two slots. One slot is, hey, pick this up immediately. You can you know, you can grab your shit. The other one, which is completely backed up, is we're going to search your bags. Ugh. And that is every bag that you would put in the overhead compartment. And so all Reg and I are thinking are, please, fucking God, do not put us at the back of this line just because I have a backpack and shit. Luckily, mm-hmm. um, that's not the case. Our stuff comes out. I'm like, thank God. So we put on all of our shit and we start walking through um, the, you know, the the promenade area, right, where they're trying to sell you shit before you get to the plane. And Force this the duty free. And so yeah, the forth. duty, the duty free section is fucking forever. Before you like, it's just so it's like a 15 minute walk to get through this fucking thing. It's probably not that it's good, much, I but I hate lot. duty, buddy. I hate it no, so much. Well, and you and there's it's no just other sales tax, the record. It's, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so and, and there's you have to go through this entire duty free area in order to get to the food court. Now, we haven't eaten and my wife is like, listen, I want even though it's early in the morning, we're traveling. I want a wine and I want some I'm like, no problem. And so she checks a couple of the shops because I well I'm getting ahead of myself. So we get to the finally to the fucking end of duty free, and we're at a food court. And I'm looking around, and there's one place that's basically sit down. This is you can or- also order some drinks, and it's got a line out the ass. I'm just like, oh fuck, okay. Ugh. But I see a Joe and the Juice, which is one of my favorite places. Like it's a it's a Danish chain that does like coffee, juice, and and some salad or if you want a sandwich
0: and they're pretty fucking good and so i'm like look Uh, i'm gonna i I only go to greg's now fox i'm proper british (laughs) i i I painted my passport red because that's the only way i can live my life now Oi, way lads wow to greg's get a sausage roll lads jesus (laughs) (laughs) so
1: i i get in there and i i'm like listen we're gonna i'm gonna get you some juice and i'm gonna get you a sandwich and then we can double back and find you Some wine somewhere because we're still waiting for our gate to be. So no place to sit, but there is a standing table. And so we're standing there and you know, we eat and we have our juice. It doesn't take that long, right? We we were fucking famished. And so I'm looking around the food court and I'm I'm not seeing anything. And so I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe we don't get wine. Regina's like, well, let me check all of the shops like to see what's up. And so you have to walk through all of duty free, because mixed in with duty free is all of the souvenir shops, and like, hey, if you want to buy a Coke or whatever. She goes to every single one of those stores, which basically leads us all the way back to where security was. There is not a goddamn like tiny bottle of wine or anything, like not even a beer. And I'm like, what the fuck kind of airport is this? Like, like uh, it was just so, such a bizarre thing to me. So now we have to walk all the way back through duty free and and the kind of like shops and whatever. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, so I, I'm like, I, I I need to, like, rest my back for a second. So I'm like, listen, you can go and check around the food court. I'm going to stand here and, in front of this screen and lean on this wall, and I'm going to watch for when our gate gets called. She walks around, the whole thing gets back to me. Our gate's called, and I'm like, yeah, she didn't find anything. So cool. Um, it's now, you know, probably 30 minutes from takeoff or so. Well, probably like 45. And so, um, or or when boarding ends. Yeah. So... Uh, we find out where it is and I'm like, well, it can't be that long of a walk wrong. It's that long of a walk. It's again, like 15 (laughs) minutes or whatever. And there's shit tons of people. And so we get all through, but luckily our gate is the first gate like that. That's there. Right. So we queue up in line and they come up to us and they're like, Hey, listen for the flight. You're going to need to wear masks. And we have masks. We were kind of prepared for this contingency, but it's just going to be uncomfortable for like the time that we're in the air. We put on our masks and when we get to the, the counter and I give him my passport and I give him my ticket and he looks at it and then he's about to scan me in. And then he looks at my passport again and looks at me, closes his line, goes and gets his manager. Oh, God. And they start talking. Oh, they're like, God. And they're like, hey, listen, your passport is under three months from when it expires. And I'm like, yes, I know. Because yeah, So there's an expiration date there. I get it. Um. They're like, well, you can't board the plane. What? And so I, I like. I, I, first, I asked just the basic questions, right? I'm not going to get upset, even though in my mind I'm roiling with rage and I'm like, okay, well, you know, this is the last flight that I was going to take before this thing gets done. I'm coming back next week on a Tuesday. Like, is yeah, there really no way turn ticket? And yeah, like, exactly. It's not and not I, paid, expired and yet. I paid through it through Ryanair, which you like, you guys can check all of this and they're like, yeah, it's just, it's the policy. We don't want you to get like stuck in a no man's land somewhere else and whatever. And I'm like, I, it was such a bizarre thing to me because like, why three months? Why not a year? For God's sake, at that, it's like a, an entire quarter. Yeah. So, totally. So okay, I I have come to accept this. My wife is very upset, which I I get. Um, and so I like in my mind, I'm like, okay, listen, I'm not going on this flight. So what are the things that need to happen? I need to make sure my wife gets on this flight, and I need to make sure that the bag that I checked in. Will arrive with her because I, you know, we both had two bags. I don't know which one has my stuff in it and is is partially yeah. empty for stuff, and the other bag would have all of her clothes plus the gifts that we're bringing for our family. And um, so, so I I asked the lady. I'm like, hey, listen. So can can we just make sure that the bag that I checked goes with my wife, who I'm traveling with, who I made, you know, I made the reservations in Ryanair. they're like, oh, yes, of course. It's it's under the same booking uh, reference number, right? And I said, well, no, because I'm returning Tuesday. She's returning Friday. But we're married. Like, I can show you our passports and everything. And she looks at me and she's like, yeah, I don't think that that's going to happen. But we're going to ask the traffic controller once all of the bags are loaded um, if that's okay, if we can get permission. And at this Mm -hmm. point in time, my brain is like, so two people who booked together but don't have the same code like reservation code it, even though it's it was booked under my account at Ryanair they know it's me they know it's her they they it, oh and by the way at this point she had said I don't even know how you got through like you shouldn't have even been able to check in so not <laughs> only was I able to check in prior to to ever arriving to the flight the person at the check-in counter didn't stop me
0: either yeah, so no you uh it's why papers please is not just a game, you know, it's just yeah. life. You can make I, it through. Well and
1: that's the thing. That's their job is to look at my papers, god damn it. So so we wait and you know, now our, our worry, right, and and my wife's frustration here, it's like I don't we don't remember which bags we checked. It it was fucking four in the morning at that point, right? Sure. It's now nearly eight o'clock. And so we um we wait and they come back to us and they're like, Yeah, you're That bag is going home with you, right? You're not going to, she's not going to be able to take that bag. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Okay. You need to get on the flight. You know, hey, give me the keys so that I can get back in the house, all this other stuff. Right. Um, And she's like, you'll be able to pick up your bag in baggage claim and then walks away. And then suddenly, you know, everybody's boarding the plane and stuff. And I think to my, and and, you know, everyone's leaving. And then I think, well, how the fuck do I get to baggage claim from departures? And so I look and there is a glass partition, a glass wall where other people from other flights are going into the airport, which makes sense that they wouldn't want me to go through that or, or get through there so that I wouldn't be able to get to the tarmac. So I'm like, okay, how would this work in a place like San Francisco, right? If I were to go to SFO, I would be able to go through security through some exit line, um, and be yeah, able I mean, to go well, and then be, be able to go to, to baggage claim, right?
0: Yeah, because I mean, because usually you just don't when you're on your way in, you just don't see the arrows pointed towards back. You know, it's the same hallways, both directions, but you don't right. see the the signs to baggage pick up on your way in because they're only pointed when you're on your way out. That's when you're the only time. You so, see them. yeah, exactly.
1: So I now have to go against the crowd that is coming to departures to go all the way back to that food court. Which is, you know, at this stage, if it if it's now
0: taunting you.
1: Yeah, if it's and this is again, it's a 15, 20 minute walk. Okay, get back there. And I'm looking around for any demarcations of like, here's where an exit is or here's where whatever. Right. I don't see jack shit and I don't see anybody that's walking around that I can ask a question to. So I'm like, okay, you know what plan? Just go to security. And there will be something or at least someone to talk to to explain this. So I walk all the way back through the fucking uh, <laughs> uh, 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 promenade place. Right. Again, this is like the fourth fucking time I've done this. And Jeez. so I walk all the way the fuck through there again. This is so much of my time. And I start walking around the back of of, of security and there's no exit. There's no way for me to actually go through. And I'm like, OK. I and then a the person that that's like Manning Security kind of comes around the corners in the main hallway. And I'm like, oh, hey, OK. Hey, listen, I explain my my fucked up situation. They're like, OK, hey, listen, you you know that this one store, whatever it was, it was like super dry or something, which, by the way, is all the way back through duty free and the promenade. Or whatever, oh, my right? God. <laughs> like at the very end of it, he's like, you're going to go there. There's going to be some double doors. You go in there and someone will be able to sort you out. And, and you'll be able to get to baggage claim from. Them. OK, so I walk back wow. all the way through and I go through the double doors. I, I'm like sweating. I'm tired. I've got, you know, a backpack and I'm whole, clutching my shit. And um, I see all of these people like in this hallway and around me. All of them have badges that say we work for the fucking airport. And I'm a guy walking into this area without one. No one talks to me. No one stops oh, no. me. No one stops. You're gonna me. You're going to get a. As no, as no, as you one. You made it
0: alive, buddy. No this, one... this is some British shit right no here. No
1: one stops <laughs> me. No one fucking like whatever. So I'm like walking around the area for a little bit trying to figure out where to go. And then I I finally I see this woman who's sitting down at this desk. There's just a shitload of phones in front of her. And I'm like, this woman runs the airport. This is the woman I need to fucking talk to. <laughs> right. So she's on the phone when I arrive and she shows me her finger like, hey, one second. She finishes her call and then I start explaining the situation, then she has another call, I wait and then she's like, "Okay, continue." I I finish up my thing and um by the time that that happens, I don't know how she signaled for it, some guy comes around and I'm thinking, "Fuck, like he's going to ask for something now." And she directs him to this little machine. And she's like, "You're I'm going to show you how to how this really weird thing that sometimes happens, how you fix this problem." And so she's using it as a teachable situation to some dude. And she's like, she basically it was making my ticket invalid so I couldn't get back into the airport. And then she's like, you got to walk him through here, through these double doors and into baggage claim. And I'm like, oh, fucking thank you. And I say, thank you to this guy. Like, love it. Get through those double doors. And he's like, all right, see you later. And I'm like, wait, (laughs) he just leaves. And I'm like, where the fuck do I get my luggage? So uh, walked around there for a whole bunch. Until I see a sign that's like, Hey, it's Ryanair baggage claim, ask us questions or whatever. I go back to there and there's a woman there and I tell her my story again. And I'm like, Where do I pick up my bags? She points to a carousel. It's right next to him and she's like, But I don't know when your bag's gonna show up because my bag's not on there. And so I'm like, Okay, so I sit down and my wife by this point has messaged me saying, like, I saw your the bag with your stuff get loaded on. (laughs)
0: Oh no! So my wife, my my
1: wife doesn't have clothes when she lands, so she had to go and buy them, obviously. And so I'm like, "That's fucking so great. This is all so great." So I go and sit down, and 45 minutes pass, and then my bag shows up, and so um, I grab it. I get out of the airport and I'm like, I'm going to find the nearest taxi stand. I'm going to grab a fucking taxi. Here's the thing about Stansted that I learned very quickly. There is no taxi stand. There is you get outside and there's like a taxi embankment, but it's like no taxis are going to be here. So give this number a call. And I'm like, well, fuck that. I'm not like that's just not efficient enough for me. So I'm like, I'm going to order an Uber. But Uber says I have to go underneath the airport, walk down like this. Hallway towards where the buses are. Turn left. Go to this part of the parking lot. That's where they can pick me up. So I get there, and I, you know, I I start ordering an Uber, and five people cancel on me. This is from Stansted to fucking Cambridge. Oh my god! Which which is good money. I'm just gonna point out that's like it's a nice bag. Yeah. Um. Finally, I get a guy. That's like an hour drive or something. Yeah, exactly. I I I load up my shit in his car. I pass out until I get there. I get home. I didn't go to Germany suffice to say um that sucks man i'm really so, sorry well so here's the piece de resistance i i drank that day that was like i i got a whiskey at the fucking <laughs> at the fucking co-op so i go to uh so flash forward to the weekend which i believe was, was saturday or sunday um yeah and you know i i go to use the bathroom and you know how my bathroom is there's an outer door and an inner door that the outer door separates the
0: yeah shitter yeah from- you've got kind of a yeah, like the the uh, the the toilet has its own little room, basically. Yeah,
1: and then the inner door leads you into the where the bathtub is. So, yeah. just out of like you know normalcy, I close the 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 outer door behind me, use the bathroom, wash up. Um, then I I try to open the door, the outer door to the bathroom. The handle works fine, but the oh no, um, but the pin that goes into the faceplate of the of the door frame is not dislodging. Um, I don't have my phone, both my exterior, both of my outside doors are locked. So I, even though I could have gone out onto the, um, the roof, I wouldn't have been able to get in. Plus I'm like, you know, not exactly in the best state, right?
0: Yeah. Any, any time your plan involves going out on the roof, that's the last chance (laughs) plan. honestly, So I sit and I think to myself,
1: okay, maybe if I hit the door, the thing will dislodge. Nope. And I cut my hand um god so damn i'm it. like i'm th- and and bleeding so i have to like cover that up with a towel and i'm like all right i'm in a bathroom there are things that i can use and there are screws on the faceplate of this um of this door handle <laughs> so yeah uh, i find a nail file like one of those really thin ones and the first thing i try to do is get it between the door and where the pin is and that's not that it, it in fact it bends the fucking the uh the nail file, no. yeah so then I use the nail file cut myself with the nail file by the way um of course using it to unscrew the screws on the face plate of the door now oh I take gosh. that off and what I see is there's just a bar that connects the two um f- the two face plates for the door handles but there's nothing that would attach it to the pin and even though mm. I removed the bar and I, I like I tried to get my finger in to see what's up or I tried to like put something in there there's no way to dislodge this pin. And uh, that's when I start thinking like I could scream for help. And someone could call a locksmith, but that locksmith would have to locksmith their way through my locked front door, yeah. at least which one which yeah, likely yeah, at least two doors, which likely has the, the chain bolt on it, right? Which means breaking part of the door. and then they'd have to get into my house and then somehow get me out of this this bathroom. And all of that is going to take five plus hours and may not have a resolution. I have to kick this door in, and so oh my gosh. I proceed, Conrad, to kick that door in. And uh, that's <laughs> that sounds the end. terrible. That's the end of this story. <laughs> Jesus, that's that's I, I stayed. I, I took my full time off. I
0: didn't come back till Wednesday. <laughs> I was done, though. Fair enough, man. Should have come over here. I come to the Yield Festival. But oh, I was. was oh no, time. this was this was. Um, but that was the week. That was the week
1: before that. I know. Yeah, exactly. I was just. I was so upset, so fucking because my imagine. wife wasn't home, oh, but I didn't have a phone.
0: Yeah. Did I? T- the, uh. Oh, I mean, a, a similar thing almost happened to me, but luckily I got through due to laziness, <laughs> where um, in it like Thanksgiving twenty twenty, I I took a flight and my uh my ID was was expired. But I just made, I just went through, they didn't even like talk, they they didn't even like talk to me about it. Oh my God. Way out of date. A year old. It was great. Jesus Christ. I mean, good on you. You made the flight. Listen, I was very nervous. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Then I had to brave the pandemic DMV, which is really, um, not great. Terrifying prospect. Yeah. Yeah. Like pre-vaccine Ugh. pandemic DM. Uh, oh fuck DMV, that. The worst Every, kind, everybody's know. an enemy at that point. Absolutely, yeah. No, no friends, only foes. <laughs> just so, like my, just like my everyday life.
1: So that that is my, uh, that's my, that's my story. Fantastic. I'm, I'm going to go have some dinner. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs>
0: got it off your chest and added some meat onto the uh, onto the stew of this here podcast, buddy. Thanks hey, so man. much.
1: I figured. I figured it's good content.
0: Yeah pretty good listen people want to know these slice of life things i think why not Fuck yeah two real tough stuff but yeah so let's uh yeah